Welcome back to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I am your host, Jason Snell. And this time we are going to be talking about Orphan 55 by Ed Heim, uh, Series 12, Episode 3 of Doctor Who. And I'm joined by my friend Erica Ensign. Uh, you may know her from Lazy Doctor Who and the Verity Podcast. And now she's on another Doctor Who podcast. Hi! Hi, so many podcasts. Hi, this episode takes you away. Oh, no, that was the last episode that Ed Heim wrote. Was the... No, he clearly specializes in writing about really messed up family dynamics. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, so we just pressed record and started recording this episode. I don't know how you feel about <laughs> Orphan 55. Um, I am going to start by saying <laughs> I thought the first five minutes were... Very funny and weird and quirky, and it reminded me of Sylvester McCoy a little bit. And I was like, "Oh, this is a weird, uh, quirky uh, play alien uh, hotel where weird things are going to happen, and it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a little bit wacky." Um, that tone ends, and the rest <laughs> of the episode is a lot of yelling and explosions and people running around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Do you, do you agree? How did you I, feel about the beginning where there's a holiday coupon and a teleport and people are proposing and there's a weird looking hotel with lots of very interesting looking, you know, wherever they shot this and, and, and then the strange architecture that they put in and all that, like that, that, that all, that all was a kind of an interesting bit of scene setting. I thought, you know, I, I, it didn't even occur to me to separate the first, like that, that chunk of it from the rest of it to me like it's it sort of felt all of a piece because I just I love Doctor Who stories where they come to a place that's supposed to be like a cool relaxing place and then something goes terribly terribly wrong Mm -hmm. because it always does Uh, of course of course of course Mm -hmm. it just it seemed quirkier than it was later later it was didn't feel quirky to me at all it just felt that's true it didn't carry through I mean I think it did I think it was more of a, a, a fade out than it was like a hard reset because you know you do have definitely moments that that feel like that especially between uh ryan and bella and then you know like yaz like trying to listen in on their conversation and the truck later so i feel like there are those sort of lighter quirkier moments but they were sprinkled in less and less it's like they had this bag of quirk mm-hmm. and they they dumped a whole bunch of it out yep. at the be- very beginning and then they were only left with so much quirk and of- then by the by the end their bag was empty yeah not a lot of quirk left by the uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by the end lots of lasers Sparkless. yes mm-hmm. and they had to go to the laser bag it was the backup bag so uh yeah how, how should i even approach this i could i i, I kind of <laughs> wrote down what the plot was um it, there there's a lot of running around i mean it, it is on it's a it's a base under siege yeah i, I was gonna say so so uh, let me see if i can put some of my cards on the table now um i think structurally this is a classic doctor who episode it is, yep. right? It is, like you mm-hmm. said, a weird place that turns out there's more to the story and people die and it turns out there's a terrible under, undercurrent and you sort of start to expect what the story is going to be. In this case, there are a couple of twists that happen, um, but that, you know, th- there's going to be the thing people we think are the, you know, supposedly the heroes, the regular people. It turns out that, you know, they're the real monsters in a way. And uh, and then they're th- that all that ends up leading to action and running around. And there's literally a when I say run, run moment. <laughs> yep. And, Classic. Uh, and and I would go so far as to say that um, 
I felt as the story was going on, I could check the boxes of like the kinds of things I expected to see in a Doctor Who episode. Hmm. Um, my criticism would be that it feels like this episode was constructed from a list of those moments. <laughs> and then everything else was just sort of like nonsense to get to the next moment because i felt it was super disjointed and like the individual moments would be like oh check the box now we've got this moment with the with the uh, reveal of the the mother and the daughter or you know whatever there were or the the i'm going to sacrifice myself to save you you run and i'll stay here that happens twice in a very short amount of time only mm-hmm. one of which works um I, I so anyway that was that was one of the things that I noticed was that it was uh, it, it felt like I was getting all of those moments but I didn't think that they were actually they didn't feel connected to the rest of the story as much as like let, we're going to hit the heights and then whatever else needs to happen in the script to get to the next like, like a little point along the way it felt very artificial to me. I mean I guess yeah looking at it closely that way I can I can totally see what you mean it's sort of like that you can see the scaffolding um it's not it's not nicely papered over except that I just I think this is so very deeply my kind of Doctor Who story that I just didn't care so if I had enjoyed what I like what was actually happening less then I probably would have would have noticed that and had that same criticism but because all of the moments that they did were moments that were like made for me um I just I couldn't I couldn't care less about the fact that it was a little bit disjointed and that yeah sure we did have two people sacrificing themselves for maybe you know like you said one of them did not work Uh, it didn't make any sense i was like what okay but then i was just like Mm -hmm. ah fine whatever i found myself kind of waving my hand in the air and going ah fine whatever several times and yeah just just didn't care i think that's i think that's exactly exactly describing the same thing that i noticed in a different maybe from a different context but it's very much the same which is like oh it's this thing that happens in doctor who and then i'd be like wait a second and then you know then oh here comes another thing that happens in doctor who and again i would be like wait but Mm -hmm. but like those things were very familiar okay let me do a really quick walk through the plot and you can stop me and talk about things that you notice (laughs) because otherwise i don't know where we're gonna go and how we're gonna do this so um they they do they they, there is a uh a coupon that is a teleport that Mm -hmm. takes them the 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 tardis team gets teleported out of the tardis to a mysterious place yes it's so grand to be the one that's like collecting coupons from their coffee machine uh, that he doesn't know whether it's upstairs or downstairs, which I quite appreciate because I have never really known. They don't ever show anything else of the TARDIS except for the control room. And I don't even know that I recognize where there's a door to go anywhere else. Uh, This is not my favorite TARDIS set. Um, So just the fact that they acknowledged that there's more to it made me very, very happy. Um, But yeah, then they get zipped out of the TARDIS and we don't have to look at that set anymore. So yay. Yeah, there's no no up or down in space anyway. So it doesn't matter. Upstairs, downstairs, it's all the same. (laughs) It's relative dimensions in space inside the TARDIS. Uh, Mm -hmm. They are taken to a, it's a, it's a, you know, a resort. They're a weird looking alien resort. And this is the part that I, I, I liked for being sort of like strange and quirky. There's a, there's a, uh, person named like a furry person named hyphen with three with a three inside the hyphen mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's a cu- old couple where the man is going to try to propose but yes kind of gets in the way there's a vending machine that has what's called a hopper virus in it which is kind of like a bug that it makes uh in a very funny i thought uh <laughs> sequence uh, ryan gets infected with it and the doctor knows what to do and she takes care of him and, and at one point she says now suck your thumb until the hallucination until the hallucination nation stop remember those aren't real bats and she walks away as of course he begins swiping <laughs> at all the bats flailing. that are oh. not there 
Yep, that was that was a good moment, and you know that I, I felt like they really got to the fact that things are are not right pretty pretty quickly. Like they could have dwelt on the vacation aspect of it mm-hmm. of it longer, and I mean I'm kind of glad that they didn't because as fun as that was, I wanted I wanted to see like where this was where this was going. Right, and so then there's um there's uh Ryan does uh, there's a, another person who's gotten the virus uh, that he starts to talk to and he's he he's trying to chatter up and say that he's not and he's very bad at it he says i'm a pilot surgeon pilot surgeon <laughs> surgeon on pilots surgeon for pilots this is uh bella uh, more about her in a little bit mm-hmm. there is a uh, an en- really enjoyable moment where there's a kind of like well this is a drill and everything's fine and we're just working on some stuff and as a doctor who viewer you're you're thinking well that's not true it's a great uh-uh. moment a legitimately great in this first little part uh, moment where then then like a guy with a rifle goes by or somebody with a rifle goes by and i thought yeah. well that's hilarious right it's like no no it's fine uh no it's really bad actually it's really bad because there's somebody there with a gun and it is bad and the doctor has to talk her way into the uh, linen closet which is actually the secret control room with her psychic paper um and it turns out that there is they are trying to get the um ionic membrane back up because it prevents anybody any life form that is not approved from getting inside um, and because something is inside that we end up uh, learning is called the dregs uh, that are uh, attacking the guests. We meet a father and son, uh, Silas and Nevi, uh, Nevi and Silas, I guess, uh, who are kind mm-hmm. of like mechanics. And the, the father uh, thing is the professional mechanic and the son is the one who is actually smart. Who actually knows, knows what he's doing. What he's doing. Um, but, and it's it's uh, it's not a drill because uh, the doctor gets on the PA system and says, no, everybody come to the linen closet. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's a drill. It's not a drill. Oh, uh, OK. And then. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was a really Doctor Who moment as that is happening to sort of watch the screen and watch all these little green like blips turn to red blips. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of carnage happening outside, which and I appreciated that we didn't have to see too much of it because right. I think monsters in Doctor Who are often better heard and not seen yes. and imagined and not seen. So it's nice that we didn't have a whole lot of them uh, at the beginning. We just have these little dots going red and maybe some people being dragged away by their heels. Boy, we can't really see what's happening. And there's a line which is like, what are, what are those red dots? Casualties of the dregs. I, I was... Uh, mm-hmm. this, so this is... Um, so this is all going on, and very clearly now we've got our base under siege. And it turns out in in uh, one of the very next scenes that this is a fakeation. It's a, a vacation <laughs> that is not like the 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 water and all of that stuff is not real. It's in like a dome, and there's a hologram you know, wall. And then if you hit the wall, which Graham actually walks into, and there's a hole that was hilarious. Yeah, that, that comes out of it. It's all fake. And outside, it's not breathable air. And this is our moment where I think I've got what this episode is, because, of course, the question is like, well, you know, you build these things where there's no one to to no one lives there and we can put this thing down here and it's fine. And, of course, it's like, but someone lives here. Clearly, you have made a mistake and you are. And Mm -hmm. and this is the moment where I'm like, okay, Doctor Who, I see what you're doing here. This is you. Somebody's built something on this toxic planet, but there are people who live there and you don't care about them because you're just going to build your luxury resort. That's not quite how it goes, but that was what Mm -hmm. I was. I was like, all right, it's a Doctor Who episode. I, I, I get it at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had the the I can't remember what her her character's name was Laura Fraser's character, um, who had built this thing. Who was just he was she was very taciturn through the whole thing, and you Kane. really don't Kane. I think Kane. Yes, thank you. Um, like she just she's not giving 
anything away. So she could be yeah. just, you know, a, a rich, rich, fat cat in it for the money. She could be doing it for, you know, working for some nefarious alien people. Like we just we really get nothing so, until the yeah, end. This is my first criticism of this episode is that the, the way Kane is introduced, it's very strange because she is introduced as kind of like the head of security. Yep. And eventually it's sort of like oh no this is all my scheme i am i'm actually the person who's in charge and i run the whole thing and i invented it and i'm like and it's just the three i of just us. don't believe it like i i don't either i don't believe it because this person reads as security guard or i don't believe it because you didn't sell me on the fact that this is a you know a a, a hard scrabble owner proprietor who has put every last penny into this thing and is, you know, and it, you know, is not the security guard, but is literally running the whole thing. It, it just, it never comes across to me. And so later when she explains this whole thing, I'm like, wait, what? The security guard is actually behind the whole thing. And it, it just, I don't know. I, I feel like that this was mishandled and that I, I wanted to, I just I needed to understand her better at from the beginning that she was the brains behind the whole operation. Mm-hmm. Like if they would have had her more of as the the general manager and not had her cast as the as as what seems like security. She, she seems to be wearing right like a security guard jumpsuit or something. And I thought mm-hmm. like I would buy it. Yeah, if she was somebody who was the, and then grabbed a gun and was like, no, this is my business. If I lose this, I lose everything. But instead, it's sort of like I don't know. I just the way that they mm-hmm. portray her, she seemed she seemed like mislabeled for the role that she was going to have in the rest of the show. And it wasn't a twist. I, I think it was just like they didn't do it. Ah, see, it's, it, it worked okay for me because I it, at first I did just sort of assume she was security or something, and then you know it didn't it didn't really feel like a twist. But as we learned more about it and learned, like I, I to me it was kind of cool. It was like, oh, she's actually in in charge of this whole thing. Like you know, to me it, it read like she she bought a, a prefab vacation you know mm-hmm. setup and plopped it down on this planet, and and yeah, she's in she's in charge of security because she's one of <laughs> Only three people doing yeah. it because, you know, the, the vacation thing, it, it's, it seems to me like, you know, a prefab just, hotel where you just like, I, I, I just guess I, I wanted a little bit more of that of like, you know, how did how did this happen? How did she come to be here? And there is this twist later, which is mm-hmm. it turns out that that she this is her daughter, uh, Bella, who, uh, you know, who she's ignored and Bella has come to for revenge or something because her mother didn't uh-huh. take care of her. Yeah, these are things I'm not looking at too closely because yeah, they don't like it. It, it feels it's a lot kind of like uh, Edheim's previous story. It takes you away where it's just like really like this. This is the way your family interacts with each other, and you're just you're just going to go with that. These people are really really messed up, and I just I, yeah, I didn't and, think about that too. And again, too I think that this could have been tweaked in dialogue and maybe in terms of like costuming because like I would I would mm-hmm. really believe it more if Bella said you know she ran off with my dad's money and um and it turns out that she's she was squandering it on this ridiculous scheme and i'm angry but it wasn't like it wasn't that and and so i I just i kind of felt like there just need to be a little more i want a more connecting of the dots with these characters than i than i got um and so i got it ended up as a viewer it just ended up confusing me where Mm -hmm. i felt like they could have provided me a little bit more of a ramp to get me to understand like to go where they wanted me to go um 
I feel like there were only two dots when it comes to to Kane as as a character, um, because so you, one of the dots is the fact that she's doing this all for her daughter. But like the gap there is um, why hasn't she yeah. told her or said anything? Um, but then the second dot is the moment where she comes back and the uh, the old lady is like, you know, did you find my Benny? And she says to the old lady, don't worry, I killed him. So she's very clearly a person who has no idea how to interact with right. other human beings. She's not like well connected in terms of of uh, empathy. So it, it does make sense from a character standpoint that she would have just, you know, ditched her daughter and been doing all of this and thinking, oh, that's perfectly fine because I'm doing yeah. it for my daughter. I, I, I find your reads remarkably charitable because those two, <laughs> like those, I said, those I two really dots liked it. <laughs> are two of the things that just stop me cold. Like one, one of them being like, mm-hmm. at the end, she literally reappears after having sacrificed herself and died, but didn't die apparently somehow and says, I did it mm-hmm. all for you. And it's like, what? <laughs> like what? I've seen no evidence that that was ever the case. <laughs> it seems like just not set up at all. And then the, I killed him thing again. I kind of, and maybe it's my expectations here, but I expected that to be, either set up that she's completely incapable of relating to other human beings, which I'm not sure I entirely ever bought, Mm -hmm. or I wanted a little bit more of the, no, 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 uh, he asked me to, I'm so sorry, but I did what he asked me to, he was suffering or whatever. But also, we never see him. It's Mm -hmm. another weird thing about this episode that I think is down to budget, which is we follow his tracker. We never see him. It's always off camera. We hear him talking through the thing, um, having a nice conversation where he says, you know, will you marry me and also kill me? because I'm horribly suffering, which he doesn't sound like he is. And then um, mm-hmm. and then he's killed off camera as well. It's 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 so weird. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little strange, uh, especially like and I felt extra bad about it because it was Yaz at the very beginning where everything's still sort of light and frothy that she just sort of like walks in and interrupts the uh, like he's yes. about to propose and Yaz just completely ruins it. And it's just like, oh, just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So a lot of, there's a lot of shooting and running around and they they get in a, uh, they get like in a, um, uh, uh, space truck (laughs) and, uh, Mm -hmm. and they're, they're, uh, they're going out because this is the orphan planet that's too toxic for life, but they're going to go try to get Bella, uh, no, uh, what is his name? Vinny back. Um, and, and there's no oxygen outside. It's all carbon dioxide. Um, and, uh, and it it comes out i think at this point that the the plan here is uh is that kane is going to uh use the money from the instant you know fake vacation to do a terraforming mm-hmm. thing because if she can get this planet back up and and breathable then she's basically like homesteaded it and turned it into a real estate play except for the fact that the, it's supposed to be uninhabited and there are actually these monsters living out there um and mm-hmm. uh it and the doctor figures out that the monsters their magic uh, thing is that they are uh, incredibly adaptable because they're adapting to the, the frequency on the lasers that are supposed to shoot them and that they've adapted to mm-hmm. the nuclear winter of this uh, orphan planet that's too toxic for life. Um, she says a very a very cool thing that she says at one point is like, oh, this happens all the time. It's like it's orphan 55. It happen- we, we have a whole name and number system for it. She says uh, the mm-hmm. ruling elite survives and they leave and they leave the, the poor people behind to die on the on the planet. Happens more than you think, which I I just I I liked I uh-huh. really liked that that is a a very 
Doctor Who, I would actually even say. I can imagine mm-hmm, Tom sure. Baker saying something similar, right, in a 70s ser- uh, episode of like, this mm-hmm. is, oh, well, sure, of course, the ruling elite leaves and the poor people stay here. Um, uh, so I, I like all that. But the space truck breaks and the and the, the, the voice of Benny is outside mm-hmm. saying, please marry me and also please shoot me because I can't go on anymore. I kind of wondered why they were all on the truck in the first place. Like, that was one thing where, like, yeah. I was I was able to have yep. Canada cannon it away but the fact that i had to do that is maybe not ideal because it's like okay it wasn't safe to stay back at the hotel maybe and i mean so we all have to move together it it wasn't because you know we earlier on in the episode we had um kane stating that something is going on like this the the shields are coming down um because of like these hopper virus things and something that's happening that has nothing to do with the dregs outside so maybe she just was scared to leave anybody behind because she didn't know what was causing the breaches in the first place so that's why everybody went along but it just it did seem weird to me where they were like yeah we're gonna go rescue him and then she yep. starts handing out oxygen tanks and she's literally handing them out to everyone and i'm like wow okay that's yeah. different. I, I again one of the themes i have of my my wa- watching of this episode is uh there are a lot of leaps where mm-hmm. They d- that don't, I think, withstand a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. Where it's sort of like, well, why does this happen? It's like, don't ask that question. This is what's happening now. And it, I, I think it actually reaches maybe its apex in the scene where they run away from the space truck to try to get, they like run to try to get to a hatch and then they come back and then they go back out again. And mm-hmm. there's the thing with Benny who we don't see, but we do hear. And, um, uh, it on the incomparable. Sometimes we'll talk about action movies and and sci-fi movies, and I'll talk about um, about good direction and bad direction being like. Uh, it, for me, one of the things you do in action is is you need to have a geography. Mm-hmm. Like I need to know where everything is and what's going on. And I gotta say, running in and out of the space truck and to the hatch and all of that. I actually wrote down while I was watching it, this is terribly directed because mm-hmm. I think I think it I, the, the, it's a bunch of individual shots that don't make sense. It's like yeah. just people running around. And I think I think this is a case where um, and I'm not sure whether I feel for the I, I just accuse the director of doing a bad job. But I could also argue that the director was doing the best that they could with the script's requirements, because mm-hmm. the script is basically requiring um Oh, what's the what's the Vin Diesel? What's the first uh, Riddick movie? Pitch Black. Black. Mm -hmm. This is Pitch Black. This is a scene from Pitch Black, except it's a Doctor Who budget. And what? And so I think it's just like a lot of quick cuts and people running and stuff. And it's like suffice it to say, it's chaos. Uh, And then they went to the hatch because uh, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking I have no idea what's happening here. This is Mm -hmm. a this is just. I thought it was really badly done. I uh, I I liked the well. So I love base under siege stories. So I liked the fact that at first it seems like it's a base under siege story where they're going to be in this hotel the whole time. Right. And that's where they're going to be. And then they move it into this little truck, which gets, you know, like a flat tire or whatever. It's a, so that's it's like, a mobile base under yeah, siege. Yeah, so it's an even smaller base <laughs> under siege. And I'm like, yeah. But you're right. Like then the fact that they were able to get out and like run partway towards something and then also turn around and run back and then also get out and run all the way there. I think to me that diffused the tension a little bit. I didn't actually care about knowing exactly which direction they were running or anything like the dialogue gave me enough of that there's a hatch that they can get to that will take them to some tunnels that was that was good enough for me the thing that i kind of got distracted by a few times was in many of those shots outside there were like 
trees and stuff. Trees. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, um, if this yeah. planet... There, so I honestly no, thought... There's only carbon dioxide. <laughs> I guess the trees would be great because yeah. they just suck in the carbon dioxide but, and all that. Uh, but it's it's also radiation and... Uh-huh. So I was just like, a part oh, no. of me was, I think, giving the show way too much credit when I was looking at that. And I was being like, oh, maybe there's going to be a twist that like, like the planet's actually coming back on its own. And that's why there's right. trees there. And no, nope, This they is just, just a bubble of inhabitability. No, it's They just, just had yeah. some trees in the shot that they couldn't... Uh, they probably didn't have the budget to like edge out with a a cg or something yep Mm -hmm. yep yep i had the same i had the same thought and then it really is like there's also this whole thing about like the the we can only stay outside for a moment and we have uh which is really to give them a ticking clock and we have Mm -hmm. our our oxygen tanks which is really there planted there for what happens later on with the doctor Mm -hmm. um i I thought was like i like that concept though the idea that it's an oxygen tank that will automatically refill itself as soon as you're in a place with oxygen like that's yeah that's good sci-fi sure Sure. I just, I felt like there was a lot of, there were a lot of rules there for them to run across the ground and get to the hatch. And it was sort of like, it seemed inconsequential, but they were actually setting up something else, which is they get in, they go down the hatch, they get in the tunnels. Uh, there is uh, writing on the wall of the tunnel. And it turns out they're in the Novosibirsk underground tunnel. This is mm-hmm. Earth. Dun, dun, dun. That's the revelation. It's Revelox. It's Revelox. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had the same thought. I actually I had I had two Doctor Who thoughts at that moment. I had the I had Ravelox and I also had um Ark in Space. The idea of like, well sure, in Doctor Who canon there are all sorts of times when Earth is is destroyed and decimated and there's nobody oh, yeah, alive there's on it curse, or maybe there are like curse mutants of Fenric, on it. And, you know, as well if you want to talk about like de- Doctor Who has done Earth has been destroyed of of humanity Uh so many times that like you just can't keep track of it anymore. I really got the the Ravelox thing, though, from the Mysterious Planet, because that was literally a subway station. Only it just happened to be like it was the New York subway or whatever. Or maybe it was London. Um, Right. And and that's the direct the direct correlation, because it's like, but this is Earth. (laughs) Ah, Mm -hmm. right. It's that that's what this is. So that's what happens here. The doctor has no oxygen left as they're running down these tunnels and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, which is fine. Although I had that moment of like, what, can, does Doctor need oxygen? I guess so. Yeah, well, I don't know. It, in, a... in canon, uh, the Doctor is able to survive without oxygen, but has to, at least in, in the story I'm thinking of, has to go into like a meditative state and be still. Uh, so, so she's, she's running, running around, around and, and so. stuff. So, okay, mm-hmm. all right. All right, but they can she can refill it from the dregs because it turns out she figures out that um that the dregs breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen like a really angry I love tree. That. <laughs> That's a good line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um there's the senseless sacrifice of a couple of characters. Uh there's a when I say run we run. Um mm-hmm. There, so they they do get back after after going in the in the uh, the tunnels and having the kind of harrowing mm-hmm. journey through the tunnels. They do end up back in the uh, in the That's hotel. True. Yeah, and actually, I I um, did like the one yeah. sacrifice of the the old woman. Uh, Yep, the yep. That's, that's the one that worked for me. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of seeing like the elderly characters getting picked off left, right, and center on uh, on Doctor Who or any other TV show. But I appreciated the fact that this character had agency and was just like, I'm going to be a badass and I'm going to sacrifice myself to save a whole crap ton of people. Um, so, you know, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about it, but I, I liked seeing it. And also that actress, I swear I know her from somewhere, but I couldn't figure it out. So she's very familiar. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, they, so they end up back in the hotel and, uh, the, the kid and the dad, um, have an argument and he runs away. 
Um, yeah. Which I, I, uh, that frustrated mm-hmm. me because it happens really abruptly. They've been bickering this whole time. So I guess the episode feels like it's been set up, but it's just like it, it in a moment. And his response is, I'm going to run outside to where all the monsters yeah, are at the much. moment where we need your help and you're the only one who can help us. And I felt like it was just, you know, again, it, this needed to happen now for the plot. So we're going to make it happen. I, I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah. I mean, it. But I felt like I understood what they were doing, but again, I feel like, yeah, there wasn't maybe enough connective tissue to make it totally work, but because I was just like along for the ride, I was just like, okay, fine. They need this to happen. I'm fine with it happening. Right. Um, there is, this is where we get the oxygen carbon dioxide standoff, which I thought was pretty clever, which is that, um, that the doctor is being chased by a, um, uh, uh, one of the dregs and, with is she with Yaz at that point uh, or Ryan? I think it's or is it Graham? I don't know. She's with somebody. I thought it was Kane. I, oh, is it with Kane? Oh, maybe it is with Kane. No, I nope, didn't. She it's already not. sacrificed herself. See, I've, I've, no. I have for, I have forgotten yeah. a lot of things already in just this one viewing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Well, there's a lot that goes on. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of stuff. You'd say say whatever you want about this episode. Many many things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn away and you'll miss some of them. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, it's a very clever moment where how are we going to survive with the 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 king dreg that uh, the doctor briefly touched and and mm-hmm. had a mental connection with, which is again another kind of uh, throwback coincidence. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say it's just like well, lucky that that was the one the, the one who's in charge. But mm-hmm. the, anyway, it's I lock our I lock us in here. Um, you need our our uh, exhaled carbon dioxide to survive. We need your exhaled oxygen to survive. This is that we are we are getting close to the point uh, of this episode, the uh, the lesson that we are supposed mm-hmm. to learn from this episode by showing here. You know, we have to work together because uh, if you kill us, then you die. So uh, they and it figures it out and it goes in the cage and then they run away. Um, and uh, and so that's that's a uh, you know a clever sort of doctor trying to solve a problem um, in a clever way. Um, there's a moment not too far after that where the where Ryan and Yaz are wheeling a bomb along that made me laugh because they're wheeling a, bo- a bomb down the corridor to a destination and then they and then a uh, uh, a dreg is there. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we have to run away. So they turn and run away. And as they turn and run away from the bomb, the bomb is revealed to be at 7 seconds. Uh-huh. So it's going to conveniently blow up the monster and I thought are, are, were they just casually walking down the hallway with the bomb at 10 seconds and then saw, like they were going to have to leave then anyway, mm-hmm. I guess? <laughs> or was it on a quick trigger where like you let go and then it would count down from 10? It seemed very strange. It was that, a little that, convenient. Yeah. <laughs> that they were they mm-hmm. were just casually walking down the hall with a bomb that must have been at 10 seconds. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe the second like after they, you know, they ran into the 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 dreg, but uh, you know, if they hadn't mm-hmm. one second later, they would have just like shoved it and rolled it down the corridor and that would have like maybe blown something up down there. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Kane's not dead after all. She didn't make, mm-hmm. she didn't die after all. I don't know how. Um, and is there to save, uh, to save her daughter. 
Um, this is where I wrote down this is a checklist of moments happening yeah. in this episode. And this is the, I, you know, no, no, I, I, uh, I, I didn't die after all. And there's only enough. There's a lot of things happen very quickly. There's like, things are blowing up and they're trying to put the worm from the like hopper virus in the reactor. So it <laughs> turns from one kind of energy to another kind so that they have more energy to do the teleport. And they teleport a couple of groups out, but Kane and Bella are staying behind. Cause um, it doesn't have enough juice to transport all of them yeah which i thought to myself well there's two options here one is you teleport the doctor and the doctor brings the tardis back and the other mm-hmm. is everybody come to the tardis but uh suffice to say that that's impossible you couldn't do that so uh the no doctor you couldn't and save adric either so that's yeah that's just, right so mm-hmm. sure sometimes you can't because uh it's reasons. not the story requires it to not happen that way. Uh, and they, the doctor and uh, the team are transported back to the TARDIS where we end up with a uh, a sober moment where uh, they're all very upset because they've all realized, uh, they've all learned that this was the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the doctor says to them is, well, um, it's one possible future, one timeline. The future's not decided. It's not fixed. Um, people can save planets or they can wreck them. And I... So the Doctor Who fan in me was like, okay, is is it one timeline yeah, of many? <laughs> I, is that how time travel works in Doctor Who? Because I don't think that's how it works. Time can be rewritten, I guess. I mean, I feel like that's always the way that it was until New Who came along and had like these random not random that started saying oh there's but there's fixed points in the timeline and yeah i see i as an old doctor school old school doctor who fan i was always angry at that idea um because i didn't like the idea that there were fixed points i thought history should be more malleable uh the way that it sort of had been in classic doctor who or at least seemed to me so the fact that they're uh, you know sort of just changing things up again i also did have that moment of wait a minute that's not generally how time travel works in doctor who anymore but then i was right. like okay okay i'm going to i'm going to let that go because doctor who is constantly rewriting the rules and constantly changing the way things work and if it if it d- didn't then it wouldn't be around anymore it, at all it's so. true it's true and i had that mm-hmm. moment too where i thought well you know i i could ask about like well we go to the future and then do they go does the does the doctor and it's not seen but it's in my head canon like every time the doctor travels with with people from a uh, modern earth they all the time travel is rerouted back through their earth so that they're never like erased from history and that it's he you know he or she will take them back to the their proper strand uh you know because you start to get in this like mm-hmm. oh i erased everything and now you don't you were never born and stuff like that and mm-hmm. and doctor who doesn't as from the outside perspective doctor who doesn't want to deal with that kind of story so no. it, i mean we had we did have that moment in pyramids of mars where the doctor takes you know sarah jane back to a time when she right. would have been alive and like the earth is a cinder basically exactly um so, so i know i know it just I, goes back and forth it, it, it and the, and this is my the other the other point i wanted to make here is well why is it like this it's like this because the entire point of the episode that is driven home here Uh, by the speech by the doctor at the end is essentially, hey, people, climate change is real and you need to choose to fight it. Uh, You can choose for your planet to fall apart or you can choose to uh, make a difference. And uh, if the future is fixed, you can't give that speech and you can't, Mm -hmm. you know, encourage people to uh to do the right thing and save the planet if the planet can't be saved or has already been saved so thematically it uh it has to be this way 
Mm -hmm. And I mean, it really did feel very Doctor Who and very classic Doctor Who to me because, you know, there have been so many times throughout the course of Doctor Who where, you know, the doctor is basically lecturing all the little kids watching at home on, on, on either history or, you know, the consequences of their actions. I mean, when you look at the very second story of Doctor Who, you have the Daleks, which is about, uh, you know, the, what happens when you end up with an, after a nuclear war and you have all this fallout and, you know, the planet is ruined and everything is terrible. Um, because that was what the, the great fear was at the time. And then, you know, there's a lot of environmental stuff happening in the seventies. And so this, this really felt like, you know, like the green death part two. Yeah. So, um, I didn't like the speech at the end cause I thought it was too on the, on the nose. I, I really prefer my messages to be like, in the allegory of the story and here i felt like mm-hmm. at the end the show stopped so that jody whittaker could give all of us a lecture about how we yep. need to save the planet and um it it yeah two on the nose for me mm-hmm. and it, it was it was a little on the nose for me as well but uh i feel like if if it it helps even just like a few young people <laughs> do something more um to help save the world i'm okay with it going over the top because clearly the uh the messages over the years that have been a little bit more um you know subtle uh, haven't worked Hmm. so all right i'm all right so erica you like this episode I did. I love this episode. This is this. I just I thought it was the the whole base under sieginess. Um, the the fact that it ends up being Earth. I mean, like many of these things are stuff that we've seen in Doctor Who before. It's you know that that's every single episode that we've had lately has been a retread of something. Yeah. Um, or that you can point backwards to, and it uh, it moved fast enough that it didn't like. Yeah, like I said, you know, I look at it closely and it's like, yep, there's not enough connective tissue here. And yes, that's sort of like a scaffolding where you're missing a step. Um, but but it, it kept me on the edge of my seat so much that I didn't mind. It just it just didn't matter. So I completely understand why people would not be a big fan of this episode. But like it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Tsarango conundrum, which was my very mm. favorite episode from the previous season. Um and had some of the same like base under CG-ness, um, but also like a lot of different uh, relationships between people that are maybe you know spelled out as, as clearly as they as they could be. Lots of lots of things happening in lots of different rooms with different people mm-hmm. paired up in different ways, uh, and that's just that is so my Doctor Who happy place. So I I loved seeing Ryan, uh, you know, start to become friends with Bella, and then you know yeah it, it, it niggled a little bit when when she made this very abrupt turn and. Suddenly, like she wants <laughs> yep. to burn it all down. And I was just like, OK, well, that doesn't really feel like it makes sense to me, but I'm going to let it go because I'm just having so much fun with with everything else. Yeah. And I loved I loved Graham at the beginning being the one with the coupons and then being like, I'm going to go sit in that chair for three hours <laughs> yep. and then I'm going to get up and sit in a different place and then drinks. And I was just like, Graham, yep. you are my kind That's, of vacation yeah, guy. I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I I couldn't stop and wave the things away like to me and mm-hmm. i liked saranga conundrum um i i feel like there's too much in here i feel like the checklist was too long and so yeah. as a result of checking all the boxes the connective tissue got lost and that this would have been a better story if it was a little bit simpler if the, mm-hmm. uh, some of these must-have elements had been thrown out 
because I think a base under siege that's a luxury hotel, it has a lot to say about like, again, the the people who are well off, not caring about the people who are right outside the walls. um, And then write it right that large about this planet that turns out to be our planet that's been mishandled. And the fact that these monsters are actually the people that were left behind. I think there's, I think there's a lot of really good, raw material here but i wanted to see it all make a little more sense and be a little more connected and i think to do that it just needed to be simplified a little bit and instead to me i just kept going from like a recognizable element to recognizable element but in between not finding that i could make any connections that that Mm. that made sense and i didn't like the i didn't like the speech at the end so for me my favorite part was that first five or ten minutes that's super weird and quirky and it's like oh boy uh (laughs) it's a it's a wacky holiday thing what's gonna happen obviously it's doctor who something bad um but then it, it it kind of lost me. So I'm, I'm definitely on the other side. I, I thought this was, I thought, I thought this was all in all a bad episode. <laughs> I definitely agree that it could, it could have been better. Had they made some different, like quite a few different choices, it would have been a better, stronger episode. Uh, but it was it was strong enough for me, so I will I will take it as is. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. All of us get to have our take. Doctor Who is a show that is different, no matter what angle you look at it. Uh, from you'll find something different about it and uh and who and knows some, it did have some great lines like the doctor saying you know if i had crayons and a half a can of spam i could make you I make, make you just, yeah oh sure just running across the room yeah no there's a, again a lot I'm of easy for that a lot of great little bits in it and I, I just in the end for me it's just like can we have fewer bits and connect the bits that you keep a little bit better mm-hmm. but that was not what this episode was it was throw everything in the in the bin like everything goes in yep um and uh, that's fine you know everybody uh gets to choose and what a doctor who they like or not and as the host of the show you know i always get to say what i what i think but you know what you know what erica next what, week jason why don't you host the show Ooh, and then I you can decide who lives and who dies. <laughs> Mwah. And I'll just go somewhere else for that for that next weekend. That, that works for me. I hope it's another episode just like this. Do you know, do you have a guest in mind? Do you know what I do? I I uh, since I will not be on Verity Podcast for the next episode, and Liz Miles will not be on the Verity Podcast for the next episode. We are going to do basically like a Verity Rebel Yay! Squad Doctor Who. Podcast right on the Flashcast. Excellent. That'll that'll be great. Uh, mm-hmm. So see, you last the last two guests on this podcast now just take it over. Yep. Uh, next, yeah. That's next week. We've been planning this behind your back for for a while. Jason. I was hoping it would happen. I just didn't want to say anything. Um, <laughs> I uh, next week's episode. The I, I watched the trailer for it. The little the little next time trailer. And what I will say is, it looks very much like a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> like not like this one though, but very much like. Well, that's a Doctor Who episode because it's like mm-hmm. set in the past with familiar historical figures mm-hmm. and also a monster. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> yep, that sounds like Doctor Who to me. If if the uh, especially for uh, there was a run in the uh, Russell T Davis era, especially where it was like the celebrity historical. It was like this could just be the yeah. show. Like every week, a time machine. No, visits God, no, I a hate famous... celebrity historical. Well, so bad, it's going to be interesting to see for where you, it Erica, goes. Next week, yeah. we got the the guy from ER, and he's a uh, he's a uh, Nikola mm-hmm. Tesla. So yeah, yeah. Ugh, we'll see. I mean, I like we'll him see. as an actor, and I like yeah. Tesla as a historical character. I just don't like his celebrity historicals on Doctor Who. So it's going to have to work hard. Well, to, uh, you and Liz are just going to have to hash it out next time. Yep. But yep. for this time, thank you for joining me. And then I'm going to go away. I'm going to run away for two weeks. 
All right. Well, have have fun uh, at your uh, vacation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Watch out for the monsters outside the walls. Just stay inside. Yep. Stay inside the hotel, people. Don't leave don't the hotel the grounds. Room. And don't go in the steam room. All right. That's the end of this Doctor Who Flashcast. Uh, thank you, Erica, one more time. And Erica, we'll see you next week. Uh-huh. Doctor Who Flashcast, only in the